You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Monday, October 18th. And I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thanks for making Locked On Twins your first to listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Again, this is Nash Walker, writer at Twins Daily, lifelong Twins fan, bringing you five days a week coverage on the Minnesota Twins, getting through the off season. Well, also enjoying it. And I've said it a lot, but I really do enjoy the off season. And I've said this a lot too, and I'll continue to say it. This off season for the Twins is so critical for so many different reasons. And it's the biggest off season of this front office's tenure. As we look back, I mean, they've been in, you know, this front office has been here now for five years, and and it's time. You know, we'll see this off season what they decide to do and and what angle they decide to take, and that's still a question mark. Nick Nelson wrote a great piece last night at Twins Daily. It was six six questions about this off season. Byron Buxton, Taylor Rogers, you know, non tender candidate. Um, what they do with the rotation if they buy in for 2022. If they don't. Great article. Go check out Nick's uh, work at twinsdaily.com. I always make an effort. Like, I want to sit down and read Nick's stuff. I want to, like, really focus when I'm reading it because it's so good. Um, so go check that out. Today we're going to continue on with report cards. Last week, Kenta Maeda was our first report card. Keeping track of all these grades. We'll have, like, a cumulative grade. I might weigh based on, you know, the stars that are expected to have a better grade. But the grade does, I guess, factor in expectations. So... Maybe we'll just have a cumulative team grade and we'll see like the twins team grade this year is probably like a D. And the only reason it's not an F is because they had some B's. They had some B pluses. They had an A plus in Jorge Polanco. Uh, that is a, a spoiler alert there for you. But they had so many C, low C's, D's, F's that it's going to be hard to to push it over that D level, I think. So the season grade is probably a D or a D plus. Um just for everyone combined. But again, like you have to factor in expectations into that. So we'll see if it if it balances in that way. But we're going to do Jose Barrios today. Interesting, really interesting report card because he's no longer on the team. And our considerations are expectations, projections, injury, leverage or value to the team. Like basically, you know, leverage and value go together because leverage would be Pitching a big game would be an example of leverage. Or being, you know, for a reliever, it's it's more like if they pitch the eighth or the ninth inning in close games and they get it done more often or they don't get it done more often. Uh, Alexander Colome, example, pitched in high leverage a lot at the beginning of the year and was brutal by the time he was good. Those innings were, yes, hired leverage for that night, but not high leverage for the season because the season was already over and that'll all be weighed. And then the future outlook and the change of the future outlook for that player. And I guess that's more subjective than like projections and, and comparing numbers to projections. And, and that's kind of my subjective portion of this. What I think of the future value of that player uh, when we do these report cards. So we're going to do Jose Barrios today. His future value will be interesting because uh, it's not to the twins. And also it involves a, two prospects, two players that were, were traded in return for Jose Barrios that are now twins or in the twin system. So it's, it's an interesting uh, dichotomy here. The playoffs, the postseason is rolling. It's been a really fun October. I mean, you've had some great games, some great series. Eddie Rosario last night had Twins Twitter ablaze. Twins Twitter kind of coming out of hibernation last night. 
Vikings Twitter is, of course, like all the rave right now. You can go listen to Lockdown Vikings, Luke Braun. You can listen to Lockdown Wild. I had a crossover with Seth Topol last week. Got some good reviews about that. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Again, thank you for making Lockdown Twins your first listen. Uh, but Lockdown Vikings, Lockdown Wild, Lockdown Timberwolves with Ben Beacon. Uh, all great stuff. And those Twitter groups are definitely more prominent right now as the twin season is over but twin Twitter was ablaze last night for eddie rosario really happy for him uh getting it done as a brave it's okay and i tweeted this last night here's a variation of it you can follow me on twitter at nash walker nine follow the show at locked on twins it's okay to be happy for eddie and even miss eddie while also realizing and understanding and supporting the decision to let him go because you look back and like it was it was pretty much a no-brainer to let Eddie Rosario go and to confirm that it was a no-brainer and not pay him uh, what would have been around 10 million in arbitration they put him on outright waivers any team could have had him at that number and no one picked him up for that number uh Cleveland signed him he didn't do anything there ended up going to the Braves at the deadline was hurt for a while and has actually been very good in Atlanta they've really found they've struck gold with with some guys Jack Peterson Eddie Rosario they brought in Adam Duvall they made a lot of moves won the NL East and they're charging they're up two nothing in the NLCS and Eddie's got his fingerprints all over that series he walks it off in game two in Atlanta for the Braves vintage Eddie Rosario moment uh, just great for him happy for him I do miss his energy I think his energy was a big positive but for every great clutch hit, came a base running blunder. For every huge home run, came a misread in left field. There was just the the downfalls of his game sapped his value too much. And an equally big part of that is that the Twins had Alex Kirloff coming and continue to have Alex Kirloff. He hasn't gone anywhere. And I have an article posting tomorrow morning at Twins Daily talking about AK and why he's such a breakout candidate for 2022, uh, why you shouldn't forget about him, and why the faith should be restored that he's a middle-of-the-order bat if it's gone. I think that's I think that's for sure something that uh, needs to be remembered, and it especially needs to be remembered as we watch Eddie Rosario have postseason success because naturally you're going to think, why would the Twins let him go? Look what he's doing. Look at the results. you got to put it into perspective. Hindsight, look back. No 29 other teams would not pick up Eddie Rosario for the price that the Twins not intended him for. If you want to argue that they should have brought him back for a lower number, sure. Like, yeah, you ended up seeing Jake Cave probably playing too much. Maybe Rosario could have played left. AK could have played first, and they would have, you know, treated Miguel Sano differently and not extended him. Those are different types of decisions. So I can understand that. But, you know, tendering him didn't make any sense for 30 teams. So that's that's hard to argue in that case. But happy for Eddie. Glad for him be happy for him without linking it to the twins uh, even though he is a longtime twin and, and a you know in some senses a, a twins mainstay of the last decade you know of twins baseball and, and since he came up uh you look at target field stats you just look at overall counting stats eddie rosario is going to be toward the top even though you include you know 2011 2012 when he was not a twin but um certainly happy for him let's talk about jose barrios his season great his season as a twin Try to balance that with overall uh, his season after the break. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends logging for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. 
It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of that clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. That's directtv.com. Thank you for making Locked On Twins your very first listen. We are free and available on all podcast platforms. So again, our considerations for these report cards, expectations, and expectations and projections are different. They work together, but expectations to me is the broader view, right? So for Kenta Maeda, we had projections that he was projected by Pakoda to be the third most valuable starting pitcher in the American League behind Shane Bieber and Garrett Cole. I don't know what order that was. It might have been Cole Bieber Maeda or Bieber Cole Maeda, but Kenta was third. Projected to be the third most valuable starting pitcher in the American League. So that's a projection. His ERA projection. You know, that is that is a number projection. Expectations on the Twins. The expectation is that Kenta Maeda would be a number one and that he'd be a borderline ace for the Twins. You know, factoring in the, the shortened season that he was dominant in a, a very small sample against only central teams. You think, okay, bump him down. We expect him to be a number one because that's what he looked like last year. There was always a sense that he had more upside. The Twins made legitimate tweaks with him, and he was good. He was really good. He was great in 2020. So that was the expectation. Uh, projections of the numbers. Injury, of course, for Kenta last week. Talked at length about his elbow and Tommy John and how that factored into his season. The leverage, the value. When did they perform? How much value did they provide to a rotation? How much value did they provide to a bullpen, to the lineup? Uh, relative to the rest of the team that's factored in and then the future outlook and how that's changed or hasn't changed since the season uh, future outlook for themselves or for whoever they were traded for and that's uh, that's the case with Jose Barrios so the expectations for Jose is uh, the yin to Maeda's yang I think he was the clear number two evidenced by the fact that Kenta did start on opening day and Jose started the second game pitched extremely well in Milwaukee, but this was supposed to be a really rock solid one and two. You think of Maeda as a high end one coming into this year, and maybe that's naive when you think back. It, it certainly feels like it, but he did have a stretch where he was very good. And then Jose is a, a high end number two, still with some upside. Maybe that upside has been reached. Like his upside is who he is, and that's a very good number two. I think there's consensus agreement on that. Uh, unless you think like he's a number three because of inconsistencies into October. But in 2019, he made 32 starts, had a 123 ERA plus, and was an all-star. So his ERA was 23% better than league average. I think that was the expectation coming into this year. Like, borderline all-star, if not an all-star, continue on his trend of having great first halves and hopefully be more consistent. Like, have more consistency into August and September. That was the expectation coming into this year. The projections by Pakota were very similar. They projected him to make 29 starts, have a 358 ERA, FIP at 399, so basically who he's been. Uh, Warp, which is the wins above replacement player, that's their value system at uh, Baseball Prospectus, had him at uh, just over two Warp, which was 33rd among starting pitchers in baseball. So 
exactly what we're saying for his expectations. A high-end number two. One through 30, I guess, would be your ones. 33, that's a high-end number two for Barrios. And, and that was his expectation. Those were also the projections. Pretty easy guy to project at this point because, yes, we have seen year after year he hasn't taken that ace-level step where he – you know, is consistent inning to inning, even batter to batter, start to start, month to month. He hasn't taken that step. He can be dominant. He had periods of dominance, certainly this season and, and many times as a twin, but just consistency with it has always been the question. And it's never been a stuff question. It's never been a makeup question. It's just consistency. And maybe that is because of his stuff and makeup or command, um, but just not not consistent enough to be considered a number one. He has number one stuff. He has, uh, in my mind at least, number one makeup, but just never hasn't reached it. I don't want to say never. He still could. Hasn't reached that ace level uh, as a professional. Injury. The the best thing I think about Brios is his stuff is amazing. He's a great person, obviously. Like he's a guy you want on your team and in your rotation. But his durability for his size and for, you know, his arm. Like he throws 95, 96. He throws a big looping curveball. Uh, kind of an unorthodox delivery, I'd say, over the top, over the head, and, and he's very condensed in his delivery. He changed that in Toronto, actually. I don't think he was going over his head in Toronto. Ended up putting together, like, basically the same numbers in, in 12 starts, I believe it was, for the Blue Jays. But so durable. He led the American League in starts and batters face this season. So we've seen from Barrios reaching 200 innings in 2019, coming back and pitching 192 innings this year after a shortened season. Amazing. Like, he's super durable. That's probably, again, aside from the stuff and how he can be dominant, his durability is a, a really big, really big thing. And it's a big positive for him. Now, because he's had struggles in August and September, his durability, I guess, is a question mark in terms of, you know, holding velocity throughout a summer, holding velocity throughout starts. Uh, that calls into question. But from a, a number standpoint, from a cumulative standpoint, a lot of innings every year, a lot of starts. He's going to give you, you give him the ball every five days, and he's going to go out there and compete. Uh, leverage and value, not much leverage to be had for the 2021 Twins, but he pitched very well out of the gate. Like he was their most consistent starter for much of the season before he was traded. And the Twins were 11 and 9 and 20 Burrio starts. Uh, he provided a lot of value to the rotation when they really needed it. When Maeda was struggling, when they didn't have any depth with Shoemaker and Hap uh, in their struggles, and Michael Pineda injuries. Uh, Barrios provided a lot of value in that case. So he gets a big bump for that because he carried this rotation in a lot of ways before he was traded. Let's talk about that future outlook, the trade, and otherwise when we come back. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. These bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. Built Bar has 12 original flavors, but they've added six new flavors as well. And these improved Built Bars are even deliciouser. Plus, Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, full of protein, full of fiber, and great for a keto diet. And the peanut butter bar, only five grams of net carbs for a type one diabetic like me. That is huge. Plus, right now, Bilt Bar has reset the promo code for this relaunch. So, listen closely. You get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. If you go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, you also get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BiltBar.com. My favorite flavors include the coconut almond, the peanut butter, the banana bread. Use promo code LOCKED15 at BiltBar.com. 
future outlook change. Very difficult for Jose Barrios when you think about it from a Twins perspective. But the first thing I wrote is that uh, the Twins received Austin Martin and Simeon Woods Richardson, who instantly became you know top five prospects in the system, and they were netted for Jose Barrios. So he's going to be constantly tied to those two. Uh, for the rest of time, no matter if Austin Martin and Simeon Woods Richardson become great players or good players or regulars or not any, you know, sort of regular or good player for the Twins, going to constantly talk about them in conjunction with Jose Barrios. That's just how it works, and that does factor into the future va- future outlook for the Twins. For Jose, it remains to be seen if he ever reaches that level, and it won't be with the Twins. And it just became evident that he wasn't going to sign an extension. And he was he was he's intent on getting to free agency. If he turns around and signs an extension with the Blue Jays, and I'm wrong, uh, that would be disappointing to me because the Twins would have been able to get it done maybe in that case. Unless he didn't want to be in Minnesota, which is entirely possible, uh, or didn't want to pitch for the Twins. Never got that sense from him. Seemed like he loved being a Twin, loved his teammates, and and embraced the team and the city. So that would be hard to believe. But I think he is really focused on getting to free agency. He's worked his butt off. Like you see the offseason videos, you see the the work he puts on on his body and on his craft, his stuff, and how hard he's worked to get to this point. Don't blame him for wanting to get to free agency. You tip your cap and say thanks for everything. But future outlook for the Twins, there's none. Like he's he's not going to provide any more value for the Twins outside of what Austin Martin and Simeon Woods Richardson do. And while they're connected, those two things are independent. Like those, the success of those two. Uh, independently is also independent from Jose Barrios. So he has obviously no control over that, even if he didn't net them in a trade. Uh, so that factors in. He's a free agent after 2022, did not sign an extension with the Twins. His results this year, compared to projections with the Twins, he made 20 starts, 3.48 ERA, so a 122 ERA plus, 22% better than league average, his ERA. And what I said before the break, expecting him to have a 123 ERA plus, which was his ERA plus in 2019, very similar year. That's what he did for the Twins. Basically the same. You know, he was the same guy. 25.7% strikeout rate, 6.5% walk rate, some dominating outings in Milwaukee. You know, struck out 12 over six perfect innings. You saw him against the White Sox in Chicago. Uh, I think it was in that doubleheader going the distance and then eventually gave up a walk-off homer to Gavin Sheets. That was a perfect representation of Brios, and I talked about it that night can have these stretches where he's just insanely dominant, and then he has these moments. like ti- Sometimes they're tiny moments. Sometimes it's one at-bat that kind of flicks this switch or one inning that flicks this switch where he's just not not dominant anymore, and he gets hit around or he's walking guys, hitting guys, and just kind of loses it in the, min- in the middle of starts, in the middle of months, uh, in the middle of halves, and that's the difference for him. But overall, it's a great line. You know, He made 20 really good starts for the most part. For the Twins, he had a streak of, um, there was some streak where he pitched at least six innings and gave up four or less runs in, in X amount of starts in a row. Uh, like I said, you can give him the ball every fifth day, and that was the case again this year. Didn't miss any time. Super durable. Taking all that into account, the expectations, how he met them for the Twins, how he was traded, the projections, the durability, the value that he provided to the rotation. My overall grade, also baking in the fact that there was hope still. There's hope with this guy's stuff, with the stuff that Barrios has, with the electricity that he brings to the hill. There was still hope this year, and there will continue to be hope. And, and now kind of a fear that he'll figure it out in Toronto in a huge way and have like a sub-3 ERA and be an, east, uh, an ace for them, a beast, an ace and beast, an ace for them. A uh, mixture of those two things. Still a possibility. 
All those things baked in. Jose Barrios gets a B-plus from me. B-plus grade for the 2021 season. I thought he was mostly really, really good. Had his blow-up starts. Had his uh, inconsistencies. But overall, another really, really good year for Jose Barrios. And uh, an A year, like what would an A year look like? Would be reaching that level. Maybe that's not fair. Like maybe that's those expectations are too high. You're probably right if you're thinking that way. But a B-plus I think is a really good grade for him. Uh, factoring in that he only pitched three-fourths of the year for the Twins. That wasn't his fault. Um, has to be factored in, uh, and that's definitely part of the grade. But B-plus for Burrios. You missed last week. Kenta Maeda, C-minus, as we continue down into the rotation in our report cards. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Follow me on Twitter again, at Ashwalker9. Follow the show at Locked on Twins. Let me know what you think about my grades as we go on here. The report cards, I'm really breaking them down, thinking about them. Um, and I, I hope that you agree. And if you don't, let me know. And if you do, let me know. If you're enjoying these episodes, let me know. Uh, love your feedback. Appreciate your ears. And thank you again for making Lockdown Twins your first listen. I'll remind you, go listen to Lockdown MLB. Uh, make it your second listen. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the majors, major leagues past, past and present. It's free and available on all platforms. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day and go Twins.